Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. Feedback from last week, something that stood out to you from last week, that blessed you from the message last week, it always blesses those who aren't here or weren't here. The previous week in that it, it kind of shows them that we're building on something we've got a theme the theme is holy spirit and so it encourages people but also last week we did this and i, I, I really was encouraged by it it was awesome and it helped me get into my message uh, uh, as well so if you something stood out for you from last week uh, or something like just struck you and you carried it in the week even or something like that then please we'll take a few people jamie awesome So, something that Shane said that I really enjoyed was that um, the church shouldn't be scared of people's messes. So not everyone needs to be, well, no one is perfect, and you shouldn't be scared of that. That's awesome. That's good. Come for young. I'll hold it for you. Uh, one form of success is having joy in circumstances where things appear grim, not just when there's a healing, when a relationship is restored. That's good. So it's not just having joy when you see the outcome, but having joy when you're going through the trial. Um, that's, that's um, what did we call, you call it? Success or, or that's um, whatever you use. Come, Ben. <laughs> One of the things Shane said, I think three weeks ago, was that he made the analogy of us being one with God, being similar to two coins being melted together, and that you can't separate that. And if I'm one with God and Shane is one with God, then we are one with each other. Mm. And he was speaking last week from Isaiah about how if anyone is thirsty, come and drink, and how we should be wells of living water for each other. But one of the things he said that registered out to me last week was when we're going through something or when we're in pain or struggling with something, we wear a mask when we're in front of each other, and um, a word that the Lord gave me was, it's difficult to drink from the well while you're wearing your mask. That's good. So when you connect with people within the fellowship, obviously you kind of have to let down those defenses a little bit to be able to drink from the well. And then that's kind of step one. And it's not that easy because how do you know who to drink from? Like, if you're new or if you haven't been plugged into a situation, I would, I would say be careful. Like, find out who the people are that you can drink from, but you're only going to find that out from being in that situation and planting yourself and staying there and, and figuring out. You can't just church hop and expect to drink from the well. That's awesome. Someone else got something? Come, Claudia. That's really awesome. Uh, something that really stuck is the continuation of what uh, I was saying one of the greatest ways to experience God's love is experiencing God through one, someone in the church and encourage each other, build each other up and allow ourselves to be Jesus from the other people in church. Mm. That was quick. But that's awesome. <laughs> I was just getting ready to listen. Um, you know, the Bible speaks about the priesthood of all believers. And um, that, that's just basically meaning that um, the, in the New Testament, which we're living in, there isn't um, the 
priests, the pastor, the clergyman, whatever you call, and then the, the rest of us. Um, there, there is leadership to equip us. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says that he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. So what that's saying, number one, is that you're all saints if you're a Christian. You're all saints. And so if we're all saints, then there's people who would be able to equip us to be able to do the work of the ministry, to be able to share God's love, to be able to preach the gospel to people, not necessarily in crowds, but even just one-on-one, and uh, 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 to be able to be a blessing to the world. So God's heart is that we would all be um, uh, priests, so to speak. Now don't start wearing a dog collar or a collar, you know, whatever you call it. That's not what we're talking about. Um, we're talking about people who represent Jesus and are able to minister to people the way that He would minister to them. That's the priesthood of all believers. And in the theme that we're focusing on at the moment of the Holy Spirit, that's what makes this possible. That's what makes this possible. Is that we are all, we've all as believers got the Holy Spirit, which means we've got the empowering of the Spirit, which means we can flow in the Spirit, which means we can minister to people, we can share the gospel in the power of Jesus, we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You don't need uh, a middleman. And it's nice to have someone that you can lean on, especially if you're not strong. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but it's like this. There's a song. But there, there, there's a song in there. But I can't go there. <laughs> I'm trying to come back. But it's like we, we, we want to lean on people, and it's good to lean on people. That's why there's the body of Christ, because we want to be able to support one another. But that's when we, when, when we shouldn't always be living in that place of needing support. We should be maturing because of healthy leadership to get to the place where we can be a blessing to the world. And we can represent Jesus and because the Spirit in us is flowing through us. Okay, and that's kind of what we want to talk about uh, uh, this evening at some point. Um, but, we, we, you know, it's just how the Holy Spirit in us wants to be a blessing to those around us. And what do we call that? It's gifts. It's abilities of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, when we think about what God intended for Christianity, it's very different than what the world sees by and large, Right? And even when we think about church, I'm pretty sure every one of us has got to still undo some thinking, wrong thinking about what church is and how church should happen. Because, I mean, you know, we, we expect this, this is church, we're going to church, you know, uh, or we speak about the church, this isn't a church, you know, in the week, a lot of things happen here that, that you wouldn't want to be part of probably. So it's like, you know, it doesn't, this isn't a holy building. You are the holy building. Because you've got the Holy Spirit in you. That's what the, the Bible shows us. Is buildings aren't holy. Buildings can burn. You can burn. <laughs> but that doesn't, you know, but, but, but you're going to last forever as well. So that, you know, the building just ceases to exist. But as a believer, we've got eternity. Okay, and so we need to see that um, uh, we're not. We've got to change our view of church and change our view of um, priests. Don't start calling each other priests, but but start to see yourself as a priest, where I'm representing God to the world. 
Because that's what 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, we are ambassadors of Christ. So if we are ambassadors of Christ, Paul's not talking to pastors, a pastor's conference when he says that. Paul's talking to believers. He's actually talking to a, a, a church which is not that great, like it's, 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 it's a bit ungodly. You know, there, there's lots of things going on in the church of Corinth that, that you don't really want to have going on in your church or in your neighborhood. You know? And here he's saying, hey, you're ambassadors of Christ. And I mean, one of the, the, the implications of that is then act like one, <laughs> but also then purposefully be one. In realizing that you're not bringing people to church to talk to the pastor so that they can receive Christ and get healed or whatever the case is, but you can do it. And if you can't do it, bring them to church and someone can, myself or someone else, but it's not that we're not just relying on the pulpit. The pulpit is here to equip you to be able to do it. Okay? So, in actuality, I should be, by preaching, working myself out of a job. And we're just, so to speak, you know, and that we're all maturing to the place where we can minister to people and all that. And when we come here, it's just like a powerhouse of all sorts of gifts flowing and people ministering to each other. And, you know, because of the, the maturity that we've, we, we've grown into. And, you know, we've, we haven't even been going for a year, I think, as Grace Life Rondebosch. Um, you know, a lot of you have been part of other campuses and so you've been with us for a while. Um, but in Rondebosch, we're still busy building. We're still busy building. We're still busy establishing. And you know, we need you, the gifts that are inside of you in order to establish it further. What does the, the, the church here look like as it's, as it's getting established? You know, it it, it doesn't, doesn't just look like Sunday. It doesn't just look like we, we need help with setting out chairs and with, with serving tea or whatever. All that stuff that's necessary, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about we need you to mature and grow and then be a partaker where it's not just leadership ministering, but we're equipping and you guys are ministering. So if we were to have a time of prayer and, and receiving from the Spirit now in, in worship or whatever, you would... Like, have, have someone on your heart and go up to them and give them a word. And it doesn't have to be from the microphone, because that's not for everyone. Some people don't like that. I never used to like that. Here I am. <laughs> you know, so it's like, we, 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 but it's about ministering, flowing in the, uh, letting the Spirit in us flow out of us towards each other. Okay? And church shouldn't be confined to a building. It shouldn't be confined to a Sunday, two hours, whatever, however long it is. It should be just us living within community and out of community. Yes, like being able to encourage one another when we're going through a difficult time and draw from each other and minister to, bless each other, whatever, like we spoke about last week especially. But um, it should also be that we're just constantly like ambassadors of Christ wherever we go. Like I said, you know, what Christianity seems to be by and large in the world and what God intended seems to be two different things. Okay, um, God intended that it would be the Spirit of God living in a man and the Spirit of God living through a man. And we've, we've looked at many different verses just with regard to that. I want to talk about something that what we're talking about this evening is something that helps us grow and mature. So this isn't um, your power for the week. 
your cheerleading. This is something that would, would nourish you, I hope, and, and help you to grow so that you can be that fountain of joy and life and peace and ministry to people as you go. So we're going to start off in Ephesians chapter 1 there. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 21. New King James Version. You're working there at the back? It's a couple of verses down. <laughs> So that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the church. I'm using that word church like we tend to wrongly use it. Like, like it's not in the service. You know, it says they're in the saints, and we are the church, but the, the, the riches of His glory inherit, glorious inheritance is in us as believers. I want to pause there before we go into verse 19 and say, this is the problem, is that we often come into church looking for something that we should be able to get in the week. From our relationship with God and our relationship with each other, because, you know, Yanu has a relationship with Jesus, I hope. So now if I need prayer or encouragement, I can phone him up and say, Hey, would you pray for me? You know, or there's this, you know, it's, it's, it's humility to be able to do that. Not just try and fight it by yourself. And yes, you know, we all want to be those powerhouses who don't need anyone. But is that really God's heart for us? That we don't need anyone? You know, God needs us. I mean, he gave us the commission to go and make disciples preach the gospel. He's not doing it. He's only willing to do it through us. So, I mean, that's how much he's chosen to rely on us. And if we don't do it, no one will. Okay? So, we need to look in the right place. You know, if we don't understand what we've got as believers, then, like I think I said last week, we end up going prayer shopping. You know, we go from pastor to pastor or, or super saint to super saint looking for, like, I need my fix, would you pray for me? Or, yeah, I, I think I've said this before, but I've been, we've, we've had a number of conferences over the years and the, I don't know what to call those people that, that love to church shop, uh, not church shop, prayer shop. They, they, they're usually there sitting right behind the guest speaker. And as soon as the guest speaker does that, they're gone, like they attack, like strike. Would you pray for me? And I mean, people need prayer, 100%. But I'm talking about over a span of years, this is the these are the same people who don't come to church, but when there's a special conference, they come to the conference. And if another church is having a conference, and you, you happen to go, you'll see them there too. They are everywhere. Why? Because they're desperate, and I understand that. We get desperate at times. But what's the problem? They don't know what they've got. We need to realize what we've got, the Spirit of God living inside of us. And when we realize that, then we start to live in victory. Then we can start to walk in victory. But until such a time, you're not going to walk in victory. Until you know who's living inside of you. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, 
which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Yeah, so Paul is talking about a power that's not external. Okay? Paul's talking about a power that's not external. Where do you find this power? Internally, it's in you. It's in me. And if for whatever reason, I may be struggling to, to connect to, to the power of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, the whatever of God inside of me, then I need to rely on the, the, the family of God, which I'm one with, to be able to minister that to me. Not just the guru, but the regular saint. And sometimes we so devalue the person sitting at the back the person sitting on the side, the person who's not up front, and yet the most amazing miracles are waiting inside of those individuals for you. It might not come from the front. It might come from someone sitting next to you. You know, and, 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 and all we need to do is humble ourselves to go, hey, would you pray for me? Hey, would you, would you please uh, uh, agree with me for X, Y, and Z, or whatever the case is. So, yeah, as a believer, we need to see this. Paul's praying for us to have a revelation of what we've got. He's not praying for us to get something that we don't got. Amen? He's praying for us to figure out, to have an understanding, to have a revelation of what we do have, of who we have inside of us. What this might, like, I love the descriptive words, and I don't want to get caught up in that because there's a lot of great descriptive words there. But I mean, he's talking about exceeding greatness of his power, verse 19. Exceeding greatness. That in the Greek is giving the idea of to, to throw beyond the mark. So he's talking about something that exceeds what is necessary. So what's inside of you exceeds what you need. So you've always got more than enough to face the challenges that you've got. Amen. And to help the people around you with the challenges they've got. Why? Because Jesus is living in you. That's what you've got to see. But so often we have this separation mentality and that we think Jesus is somewhere over there and I'm somewhere over here. And that's the problem. You didn't come here to meet with Jesus today. You came here to meet with me. <laughs> you came here to meet with each other. You could have met with Jesus in your bedroom. But you didn't. You chose to come and meet with us. And Christ in us. And that's what He would want as far as to meet Him in each other. But the point I'm making is, is that we, 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 as much as we think we, we need Jesus only, Jesus has set it up that we need each other as well. Okay? But you didn't come here to have an encounter with God. That's, that was my mentality for many years. I'm going to church to have an encounter with God. I even had, went to some church gatherings which are called Encounter Hour. Because it was like an opportunity to encounter God. You know, it's like He's not anywhere else until one o'clock. Where now you're, you're, you're going to come to a specific place where He's waiting for you. And then, bam, you're going to get it. No. 
It's nice to have moments like that. I like moments like that. But you can encounter God in the queue at checkers. You can encounter God waiting to get served at home affairs, perish the swords. Imagine, you're standing in the home affairs queue. You've been there for six hours and you encounter God and people encounter God because you're encountering God and because God is with you. You know, we kind of limit God by thinking separation mentality. I'm not one with Him. But the Christianity is... He now lives in you. That, he's not going anywhere. You can't go anywhere to meet with Him. The reason why I would maybe like to go into nature to meet with God, like go up on the mountain or whatever, you know, is because then you're not there. <laughs> and I get to focus. And I don't have someone asking me something or... Whatever. The reason why I would do that is because I'm just wanting to focus on Him and hear from Him. But it's not because He's waiting there for me. It's because in that space I can clear the air and focus to hear from Him. You get it? So, yeah, we've got to realize that, that this power in us is Christ Himself, which means it's more than enough. Acts 1.8, New King James Version says... You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, yeah, if we look at this, it's saying you will become evidence. You're going to become evidence. You're going to become a witness. And the evidence of Christ in you, that's the evidence. Christ in you. You know, you, you, and because of that, now you're going to have supernatural ability. Okay? We kind of automatically think of heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. And that's awesome. But it also means just to love someone who's not very lovely. Now you're thinking of someone and that's not very nice. Okay? And if you're thinking of someone in the room, that's also not very nice. <laughs> but the point is, is sometimes there's, you know, we kind of think like, well, I mean, we had this mentality for a while. We thought, um, you start a church and you'll have people come and it'll be awesome. This is now in 2010. And we're like, you know, the grace message and it's awesome and yay. And, and then people start to come to church who need grace. <laughs> Some of you. And they need grace. It's not like they just, wow, this is a great message. I've got it together. They're like, I need this. Like, I'm desperate. I'm falling apart. And it's like, tiresome. And, you know, you just wanted a nice church where perfect people come. And it's just like, you know, it doesn't happen like that. You know? I mean, you know, I'm making a joke of it, but it's true. Like, we all are, are, are needing grace in some way, but, like, in, in our minds, we think, I'm gonna, I want to disciple people. Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations. I'm going to disciple someone. Father, please send someone that I can disciple. And so you lead someone to the Lord, and they're a mess, and now you have to disciple them, and you're like, God, send someone else. Like, because it's like it's taking time, it's taking effort, you know, they, they're contacting you when you don't want to be contacted. 
Nobody know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, like like it, it's difficult, but at the same time, it's like that's what the power's for. We, you know, we, 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 I've seen lots of people fall into this trap. Oh, I'm going to start a church and I'm going to reach people like me. They don't say it, but they think it. There's not many people like me here. Maybe just Ben with a bun, and then Claudia's also got a bun, but it's on top. It's not at the back. I, I, I'm making a joke like that, but uh, 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 I'm just trying to say I'm like Ben a little bit. <laughs> the point is, is like we're very diverse, and that's how it should be. I'll throw this in and say a church should always reflect heaven. We don't have any Chinese people yet, though. There's a lot of Chinese people in heaven. But anyway, the point, the point that I'm trying to make is that you, we, we, we reach people who need grace. Jesus said, I didn't come for those that were well. I came for those who needed a doctor. I came for the sick. And so you're going to encounter some sick people, whether it's health-wise or otherwise. You're going to encounter, like I promise you, you will. And then you need to help them. Because that's what the message does. This is also what the power is for. The power isn't just to heal people physically. It's to heal their hearts. It's to heal their minds. It's to bring restoration to their life. Okay? The normal Christian life is exhibiting the power of Jesus. Is living like Jesus. Is showing the love of Jesus. It should be weird that a Christian isn't like Jesus. But unfortunately, it is a bit weird. When, you know, we, then they're fanatical. Calm down. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 but we, we, that's how we should be. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. It says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know Him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So, there's lots that I can say about this verse. But what I want to say is like in relating to one another. Now we're one with each other. We're trying to, to do family and life together as a church. And we're trying to do mission together and reaching out to people. This is a number one thing we need to realize. Don't regard people according to the natural. Regard them according to the spiritual. If they're an unbeliever, I would say the same. Consider them according to the natural, the, 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 the spiritual, sorry, where they, they are desperate. They're dying, they're dead, and they need to come alive. But then in, in ministering to each other, we need to see each other as new creations in Christ. Not continuations of the old, but as new creations. And yes, someone might have a few issues, but it's just mind renewal that needs to take place until they can get to the place where they are starting to mature. You know, uh, I wasn't upset when we got home from the hospital with William or Elliot after they were born. I was not upset when they had a dirty nappy. But they are now six and eight. And I might be a little bit upset if there was dirty underwear. Because we should be past that. I would, you know, like us, anyone in the room could have an oopsie. <laughs> but we would be less forgiving towards an adult than we would a child who's a baby and wearing a nappy, right? I'm just trying to show you, like, even spiritually speaking, 
we understand the concept of maturity and, and someone who's still growing and still learning, we, we must have grace for them. Okay? We must have grace for them. Anyway, I'm sure you enjoyed that. John 14, verse 20. This is really key. It says, At that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. This is Jesus speaking, but it's showing us that in that day, it's talking about salvation. In that day, it's talking about salvation. This is what we would realize in the day of salvation. I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. It's talking about a oneness. So, the Christian mindset, for us to be Viewing God is somewhere up there. Yeah, our Father in heaven, far away, Father, where are you? Come, yeah, be with us. Like that's 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 not the the Christian mentality. And if it is your mentality, then you need to get into the Word and see that you're one with Him. For example, one Corinthians three sixteen. Do you not know that your tem- that, that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. It's not saying that He visits you. It's saying that He dwells in you. You are one with the Spirit of God. He lives in you. This should be our awareness and our consciousness as believers. Constantly realizing He lives in me. I'm one with Him. Now, does that mean you'll feel Him and feel the the oneness all the time? Not at all. Sometimes you'll feel like He's far away, but He's never far away. Hebrews 13 verse 5, He said, I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Go read it in Amplified Version. It's amazing. Hebrews 13 verse 5. But it's saying, basically, you're you're one with Him. He's never going to separate from you. He's never going to leave you. And if we carry that awareness and that consciousness, then even when we're struggling, and especially when we feel like God's forsaken me, we'll be convinced that He hasn't. We'll be like, thank you. When you don't feel it, you'll be like, thank you, Father. I'm one with you. Thank you, Father, that you've you've said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Thank you, Father, that even though I don't, I'm struggling right now. I don't feel you. I don't go by my feelings. Okay. Has anyone here ever needed to get up in the morning and not felt like it? (laughs) I I have. Yeah, this morning too. Exactly. The very much this morning. And, and the point is, it's, like the, it's not like, okay, I'm not going to get up today. <laughs> I'm just not. If you have kids, then you're going to get up. You know? And, and if you've got responsibilities, then you have to get up. Work, whatever. It's like you don't have a choice. So even when you don't feel like doing the right thing, it's still the, the right thing to do the right thing. But because we don't go by our feelings. Some people, nobody here, I know that, but some people just go by their feelings all the time. And they are a disaster waiting to happen. Why? Because, like, like they just, I didn't feel like it or I felt like it. And then, you know, you, you just look at them funny. Just look at them slightly funny. And they'll explode at you. Why? Because... I just, just, you rubbed me up the wrong way. Or they'll come and they'll just be like, Ben, we have to talk. You know, 
I just feel like I need to get this off my chest. It's like, he doesn't know what's coming. But I'm just like, there. Just, just dump on him. And now he's sitting going, and I'm like, wow, I feel so much better. And he's like, what do I do with this? Like, you, you, you know, because you were being led by your feelings, not by truth. He didn't even know that you had a problem. Because you didn't go to Jesus and deal with it. And sometimes you might need to go to Ben. <laughs> but sometimes you don't need to. That's a whole other story. But all I'm saying is like we're led by our emotions. You know, why did you hit the person? Because I was just so angry. Exactly. Don't do it. It's not right. Why did you throw a cup of water out at them? <laughs> out the window. Because it was fun. I did that to Claudia earlier today. The point is, is like, yeah, you, we cannot live the normal Christian life if we don't know what God intended with the normal Christian life. And church, religion, Christian religion, for 2,000 plus years has really messed up things the whole world over. You, you have to go to church to meet with God. You, you, you've done something wrong, you need to go sit in a box and tell someone through a curtain that, that what you've done wrong. And then you need to do something to receive that forgiveness. Or you're in charismatic circles even, you know. Yeah, I, I've been in where, where they're like uh, standing on the stage and they're like, God's here right now. Come, and then they run. Because just in this special little space, God is all of a sudden here. And your miracle is waiting here for you. And I understand, faith might be that now you've activated faith by coming, but that space isn't special. You're special. In a nice way. You're special because the Spirit of God lives in you. But we go to me. I've been to meetings like that. And I, I've gone to meetings like that because... I need a touch from God. And God's in me going, <laughs> I want to, I'm here, like I'm one with you. We have this mentality of the woman with the issue of blood. I need healing. I need healing. And I mean, you know, I just need to reach out and touch just the hem of his garment and I shall be whole. And Jesus is going, That's, she reached out to me because I couldn't be in her yet. It's like you're one with the healer. So you don't need to reach out somewhere. You need to reach in somewhere and discover what you've got. Okay? And when we start to renew our minds to this truth of Christ in us, then we can start to see this power at work and this power flow. And we can start to see great things happening. Amen? John 14 verse 12 shows us true Christianity. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and greater works because I'm going to be with my Father. So this is basic Christianity. Basic Christianity. Okay? We need to see ourselves as one with Him. Not trying to be one with Him. We're one with Him. A lot of the times, our Bible study, our prayer time, our whatever, you fill in the blanks with whatever things you're doing, fasting, whatever. We do those things because we're trying to get close to God. And in our minds, we need to try and get close to God in the sense of realize what we've got. We're not trying to get closer to Him geographically. Let me put it like this. How can I try and get closer to my skin right now? I am one with my skin. 
It's like that with God. But I can become more familiar with my skin by inspecting it and looking at it and whatever, like spending time just, you know, enjoying it. But the point is, is that, 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 that I can't become any closer to my skin than I'm already, that I already am. You cannot get closer to God than you already are as a Christian. But you can understand more about God and that will make you feel closer. Because now you have an understanding of what you've got. You've got an understanding of who He is. And the, one of the biggest things with all of that is we need to realize uh, uh, what that means for us. That Christ's in us now. That I'm one with Him. Because we tend to only think about I'm going to get through that difficult time now. Because we might be going through a difficult times. So that's what we're focused on. And then, what are we doing? We're only believing that... What we're doing is we're only focusing in on Christ. I'm one with Christ when we're going through a difficult time. Or when we need wisdom. Or when we... I mean, it's not wrong. But when you're doing well, you're still one with Christ. And both when you're doing well and when you're not doing well, you're one with Christ... And Christ in you wants to say hello to the world through you. Wants to love on the world through you. I said even when you're not doing well. It's been amazing for me how ministry opportunities come up when I don't feel like it. <laughs> you know, and then like opportunities to, to, to pray for people and minister to them come up when I really just don't want to. When I'd rather just read a book. Or sit on my bed and do nothing. Like it, but then a ministry opportunity comes up and it's just like amazing. Why? Not because I was feeling like a million bucks, but because Christ in me is always ready to work through me. Even when I'm not feeling like it. Isn't that amazing? So Ephesians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 says, One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all, Hang on. We have the mentality that he's only in the pastor. Only in the prophet or whatever up front. But this is, look at what this is saying. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Okay. We need to come to an understanding of that. Then in verse 7. But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Okay. Who in this room is excluded? Some of you don't have the, the, any grace gifts. So, so you've got to learn to figure out who doesn't have grace gifts. Some of you only have a little bit of Jesus. Some of you have a lot of Jesus and obviously I've got all of them. But it's like we have that mentality. You know, we have that mentality. Why do we kind of view it like that? Well, sometimes it's because people, I, I call it, like to call it spiritual projection. They like to make it seem like they're further along and more mature than they actually are. Like, you know, a friend of mine once who really I was admiring him, like, wow, he prays nicely. He, 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 you know, like, really just like if you watch him in action, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's like you, 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 you're kind of like, wow, this guy's up front. I want to be like him. Until one day I realized, like, he said to me, you know, God spoke to me. I was like, wow, let's listen to this. It's like God spoke to me and told me that I need to buy a Bible. And I was like, what? 
And he's like, yeah, my grace period of not reading the, bar, the word is over now. Yeah. But it's like, why was I thinking he was not spiritual at all? It was more just passion. It was zeal. Yeah, Paul says that about the, 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 the Hebrews, the, the Israel. He says they have passion, but they have no knowledge. And that's useless then. It's good for something, but it's not good for anything really eternal. You know? So, the point being is we, we, we've got to realize we've all got the grace to be able to be like Jesus, to be able to flow in the, in the gifts and things like that. One God and Father of all. You know, Paul is dealing with unity in the church in, in, in context here. And you know, he, he, he's not referring, referring to the universal fatherhood of God. He's not, he's not referring to that. Okay? He's not referring to, I'm the father of everybody. He's, he's specifically talking to those who are by grace through faith. Okay? Those that received Him. Now look at what he says. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 6. New Living Translation. But for us there is one God, the Father, by whom all things were created and for whom we live. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created and through whom we live. Okay? Let's talk about our relationship with the Father. Our oneness with Him. Now... Ephesians chapter 4 verse 6. And He is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. The perfect Father who leads us all. Sometimes we're looking for leading not from God but from other people. And it's not wrong to ask, especially leadership or a trusted brother or sister in Christ, what do you think? Because sometimes we miss it. We think we're hearing God and it's, it's our imagination. Okay, it happens. I've had that. But, you know, like, and then I have trusted brothers and sisters in Christ who'll be like, you know what, you're missing it there. I'm like, okay, I can see that now. (laughs) And then you have to humble yourself to accept that. But it's like, the first thing I want you to see is that God is the perfect Father who's leading you through the Spirit in you. And then it says there that He works through all. And lives in us all. But He wants to work through all of us. Not just through Shane. Not just through Etienne. Or Mother Teresa or whoever. Okay? But through all of us. Okay? So, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11. I want to look at this quick. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. When it says the word gifts, don't think of a present. Think of an ability. Okay? Think of an ability, like Anna's voice, an ability. <laughs> okay? Uh, 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 I'm not going to make any other jokes. Huh? <laughs> not that your voice is a joke, it's no joke. <laughs> now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administration, of the way of ministering those gifts, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. So now this is just highlighting the different gifts. Okay, the word of wisdom. Which would be, you, you have supernatural insight into a situation to be able to say, hey, maybe you should do this. 
It's wisdom for a situation from the Spirit of God. It's nothing that you, you could have thought of naturally. It's nothing you learnt in a textbook. But God gave you wisdom for the situation. Okay? To another, word of knowledge, which is like, and it says there, by the same Spirit. Word of knowledge would be, I didn't know about your situation, and I just came and I said, you know, I feel like you're going through a difficult time, this and that, the next thing is happening, is that right? And then you're like, yes! That, that would constitute a, a word of knowledge. Knowing someone's name by the Spirit. <laughs> knowing that, that someone needs a hug is, is, is the same thing. You know, it, it, it's, it's knowing something that you didn't know naturally, but you're knowing it supernaturally. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and same self-spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So it says that the same Spirit, okay, you, the same Spirit that we've all received can do various things. So Jamie, which part of the Holy Spirit did you receive? Well done. You received all of it. Which means He wants to do, and He can do all of these abilities through you, but why? How? That doesn't make sense in terms of, I thought that Yanu was the one with the gift of healing. And I thought Tuleka was the one who had wisdom. And I thought that Lisa was the one who had the, the prophecy. You know what that, that does? Is then it makes me, uh, I, I come to, um, let's say, Lisa. And I'm like, Lisa, I'm, I'm sick. Please pray for me. And she's like, I can't help you. I'm prophetic. You need to go to Yanu. But I'm sorry he's on leave today. He's gone on holiday. You know, you've got Jesus in you for any circumstance, every situation, and you've got to start to see it like that. Okay? You might be more stronger in one than other, but the same Spirit can do all the same. Gifts. We just don't expect that. We don't step into that. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1 there. New King James Version says, Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? So the word anointed here, you can just replace with chosen. It's not something, forget about oil, it's just meaning chosen. Okay? The prophet poured oil on, uh, anointing oil on Saul because God had chosen him already. So it was a sign of being chosen to be king. What came first? The oil or the anointing? The anointing. The oil came because of the anointing. Okay? Verse 1 in the New Living Translation says, Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul and said, I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be the ruler over Israel, his special possession. So anointed equals chosen, which equals appointed. But it doesn't equal power. That's what I want to show you. It doesn't equal power. It just means you're chosen. The oil is not the anointing, but it's representative of the anointing. Okay? So did Saul receive any supernatural ability in verse 1? No. Okay? The anointing didn't result in anything supernatural. There's no supernatural power with it. Verse 6 in the King James. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them. 
and thou shalt be turned into another man. Okay, so what we see here is Saul was already anointed, then the Spirit came upon him, and then he could do something supernatural. Okay, stick with me. The Spirit brings supernatural ability, not anointing. In fact, if you go and study out the word anointing, it's not a New Testament word or terminology. But we sing about it and we talk about it and we pray for it and all that, but it's nothing, it's not New Testament. Why? Because New Testament equivalent is in Christ and Christ in me. And yet we think that someone special got a special anointing. But it's like you've got Jesus. Just express it. Anyway, I know I'm touching some sacred cows here. Verse 7. And let it be, when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as the, the occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. Okay? So when the Spirit came on Saul, it was up to who to do what the occasion demanded. Saul had to decide what he was going to do with the, the Holy Spirit that had come upon him. And this is Old Testament. The Holy Spirit doesn't come upon you. The Holy Spirit's in you. You're one with Him. Okay? So he had the ability. Saul had the ability. He didn't need anything more. He didn't need any extra power. He had the ability of the Spirit there. New Living Translation says, After these things, or after these signs take place, do what must be done, for God is with you. So let me ask the question. Is God with you? Yes. I'll answer it for you. Yes, He's with you. Which means that as the occasion demands, as the need arises, you need to do what needs to get done. But you can't do what needs to get done if you don't know who's living inside of you. You don't operate like Saul did because he wasn't born again and he doesn't have the Spirit of God. He didn't have the Spirit of God living in him. You do. So it's different for us. Okay? We now need to step up, step out, and, and, and walk in what's inside of us. Stop trying to get hold of something that you've already got. Stop trying to get God to do something that He's already done. Stop trying to reach out for something that is already dwelling in you. Okay? We are one with Him. Ephesians 4 verse 7 says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. The Passion Translation says, And He has, given, has generously given each, of, each one of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. You've got Christ in you, so imagine how much ability is actually in you. You just need to realize it. You just need to, to discover more of Christ in you. Amen? And as we, we realize this, then we can exercise it. Every single person in this room is here because you realized you could come. I know that's very deep. <laughs> but there's a lot of people who didn't realize they could come here tonight, so they didn't. How many million people live in Cape Town? That's how many people didn't realize they could come. You, 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 you might not know that you have a special talent or ability, I'm not talking spiritually speaking, yeah, and then all of a sudden you're discovered. You know, and we realize like 
you know, Sumi has this amazing tap dancing ability. Because she went on South Africa's Got Talent and, you know, she's just discovered by accident. You know, and, and it's like, you, we need to discover the, the Jesus living inside of us and what we can do because of that. But what is most of churchianity training us in? Training us to come and sit and give and go. And bring someone the next week and sit and listen and give and go. And part of that's important. There's an important element in there. But when you're sitting there, you should be encouraged and inspired and equipped to be able to, when you leave now, to actually go and make a difference in the world. And, and not just kind of like a, I hope I make it till next Sunday. Yeah, if you're like that, then that's fine. We love you. We'll, we'll help you grow out of that. Uh, and with love. But it's like we, we, that's not God's heart for anyone. To be falling apart on Monday morning because Sunday was so good and I can't wait for next Sunday. You, know, you, you should take what's here and take it back with you into the week. So that people are like, what did you do on the weekend? And then it's an opportunity to say, why don't you come and find out? <laughs> Minister to them first, to tell them about Jesus and then bring them. Amen? But Father, we just thank you that we have your Spirit living inside of us because we've believed. Because we've believed. And right now I just thank you for all of us just to have an even deeper revelation of that. As we meditate on these truths tonight and in the week ahead and as we, we focus in on the, the, this reality of Christianity, Christ in us, our hope of glory. Thank you that, that we're going to start to see opportunities to flow in the fruits of the Spirit, in the power of the Spirit, in the gifts of the Spirit. That we'll have, see opportunities for us to be more and more like Jesus. Thank you, Father. With your eyes closed, we're going to do a couple of things before we close. It's not going to take long. But firstly, I want us just to pray quietly, just pray in the Spirit, and just spend some time focused on the Father. And, and just want to encourage you to ask Him. You know, God speaks. Jesus said, My sheep do hear my voice, which means you hear His voice. If you're a child of God, He speaks to you. You just don't discern it yet. You've got to tune in like you tune into a radio station. And now I'm just going to encourage you just to tune in, silence your heart, silence your mind, and just be like, God, speak to me. And I believe God's going to give you a word for someone else. And I want to encourage you to step out and go and give it to them after the service. But I want to give an opportunity for two or three people to come up and give, if you've got something on your heart for all of us. Because I believe that there will be two or three words that just come up and it's, it's for all of us. So let's just pray. And Father, I thank you right now that you just minister to us and, and you reveal something to us that we need to know right now. So we can minister to each other, we can encourage one another, we can build each other up in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I mean, off the bat, I really just feel God saying to someone, you should never run dry and you don't. You might be feeling like you're running dry, but it's not, you're not running dry because the, 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 the living water in you never runs out. 
All you need to do is stop thinking uh, uh, that it runs out and start reminding yourself that the Spirit in me, the living water, never dries up. Which means you should always be refreshed. You're just focused on the wrong thing. You may be focused on the challenges instead of focusing on who's living inside of you. Father, I pray for whoever that might be, that the challenges that they're facing that are wearing them down and making them tired and, 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 and making them feel like they're dry. I thank you, Father, that, that they would just start to focus their attention on you in them and they would be refreshed right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you've got something, just come up. We'll give two or three people an opportunity. Uh, I just saw this uh, picture of rivers uh, basically flowing through uh, all of us and um, I just felt God was saying that like uh, you need to step out, the river's already there, but as you step out you'll see that flow, but it's already in you. Awesome. Welcome. Um, I just saw an uh, image or a vision of somebody needing a dough like for bread. I don't know what that means or who that's for, but I just really feel that that is something that God took. Hmm. So, Father, we just thank you right now for clarity on that word. Thank you for Malcolm's um, boldness in uh, bringing something that he doesn't understand. But thank you, Father, to just bring clarity right now. In Jesus' name. Does someone feel like that's for them? Because I feel it's for something. No, I feel like that's for you and Moira. As regards to the baking and the cooking and all of that. And uh, so, Father, right now we just thank you for Young and Moira and their situation. Uh, we just thank you right now that provision is there for what they need with regards to their business. We thank you, Father, just for your, your favor on them. That even this week ahead, there would just be a, things would start to fall into place for them to be able to function like they should with their business and for them to be able to see the provision flow and for them to be able to just do everything they need to do. We just speak a supernatural release over their business and over their lives, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. We just come into agreement, Father, right now that things this week, crooked paths are going to be made straight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. I feel like I have the continuation of what he started, and I really felt like I'd say it. I didn't know who it was for, but I'm, I want you to know that I am an extravagant God. And it's never just enough. It's always extravagant. Not just as provision, but in a lifestyle. And it can apply to more people, but I really feel strongly that God is saying, do not put me in a box. I am extravagant, and I want you to feel... I want you to experience all my extravagance mm. in all that uh, in all that that applies in a life with him. Awesome. Thank you. Any last words? Come back. That is literally my last answer. <laughs> Any last words? Yeah. Um, I, maybe to continue on that, but I think I felt for everyone was um, when we were when we were praying now, just sitting with my eyes closed and picturing Jesus in front of me saying, will you trust me? And when you, when you have sort of symptoms or um, experiences or things screaming opposite to what Jesus is saying, he wants to know, will you trust me? Mm. When everything looks different to what he's spoken about it, will you trust me? 
And I, I really feel like he's speaking that to this congregation. It's whatever you're stepping into, whatever it is that you're facing, just trust him. It's mm. the ultimate form of worship. Just put it aside. That's what has he said about the situation? That's awesome. That's awesome. Anyone else got a word? We're going to pray for Ben to your shoulder so you can stand up. Anyone else uh, got something uh, uh, something that you want to pray for physically? Then uh, you can just stand up where you are. Going once, something that you, you're trusting God for healing in some area physically. And then uh, if you're around and you're a believer, then I encourage you just to go up and lay hands on them. We're just going to pray for a few minutes and, and then I'll uh, pray right now over the microphone. But Father, we just thank you right now for your healing power flowing in us. You said lay hands on the sick and they would recover. So we thank you that Ben and everyone else standing right now, uh, um, Anna, uh, uh, everyone standing is, is healed, that your power is at work and that restoration is happening in Jesus' name. We speak life and wholeness to manifest now supernaturally in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Right now, we just speak healing and recovery in the name of Jesus. I just feel like I should say this. I want to say it like for anybody who's sitting, Father, I thank you right now that even things that they're not expecting, they're going to find out this week that they were healed of in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, just for for unusual miracles even just to take place right now in Jesus' name for those online as well. We just speak healing to manifest in your body in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch via email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.